From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up for the fifth time this past Friday, the Supreme Court, by a vote of five to four, said the California government was overreaching with its COVID-19 restrictions on churches. And in a related matter, President Biden signed an executive order on Friday impaneling a commission to look at judicial reforms, a.k.a. court packing, to dilute the successful efforts of the Trump administration in putting constitutionalists on the courts. We'll talk about it with Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton. I'll also ask him about the Department of Defense's recent stand down on extremism in the ranks, where the Biden military resurrected the scandal-plagued Southern Poverty Law Center as an authority on extremism. Over the weekend, woke corporate leaders gathered for a confab in an effort to stop election reform measures like we've seen in Georgia and now Arizona. We'll talk with PJ Media's Tyler O'Neill. And President Biden said uh, he wants to unify the country. Well, a group of Republican lawmakers are offering him a path to accomplish that goal. Support the Hyde Amendment, which would protect taxpayers from being forced to fund elective abortions in the appropriations bills. A position, by the way, which nearly 60 percent of Americans support. We'll talk with one of those lawmakers, Alabama Congressman Robert Adderholt, later here on Washington Watch. And finally do everything in our power to first raise awareness about what's happening because the Biden administration clearly doesn't want America to know. Is House Minority Whip Steve Scalise. He was speaking at the southern border this past week as he led a Republican delegation to see the crisis firsthand. What did they see? Well, he'll tell us when he joins us later here on Washington Watch. Let me encourage you to go to the website, TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you. Uh, also, if you're on the conservative uh, free speech platform of Gab, it's at Tony underscore Perkins. And with social media, you never know who's going to be canceled. So to stay in touch with us, text the word stand to 67742. That's 67742, the word stand. That way we can stay in contact with you and send you updates on national alerts, events, and resources. Now, message sends a very messages and data rates may apply. Uh, you can reply, stop to cancel, help for help. Visit frc.org slash text for terms and conditions of our privacy policy. All right, late Friday, in fact, it was about midnight, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled five to four in favor of two San Francisco Bay Area residents who wanted to host small in-person Bible study sessions in their private homes. Now, the state had refused to allow that to occur. The Supreme Court, by a slim majority, rightfully determined that the California treats some comparable secular activities more favorable than at-home religious exercise, permitting hair salons, retail stores, personal care services, movie theaters, private suites at sporting events and concerts, and indoor restaurants to bring together more than three households at a time. End quote. I was quoting from the court's decision. This news comes on the heels of the president announcing Friday his newly formed commission on the Supreme Court, which is the Democrats' first step toward packing the court. Uh, here to talk about all of this and more is U.S. Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas. Senator, welcome to the program. 
Good evening, Tony. It's good to be on with you again. Well, thanks for joining us on this uh, maiden voyage of his channel, as this is our first day to uh, to provide video across all of our platforms. So we're glad that uh, you're on the first one. It's good to, good to be a trailblazer with you. Well, let's talk about uh, trailblazing. You know, you were a part of the Trump administration's successful effort, Mitch McConnell leading that effort to get constitutionalists onto the courts. And it was so successful that the left now sees they have to pack the court to try to dilute the influence of those constitutionalists. That's exactly what the left is up to. They advocated for this last year during the campaign. Uh, they wanted to pack the Supreme Court and beyond the Supreme Court. They want to pack the lower courts as well. And we see why on uh, Friday night, fortunately, the Supreme Court overturned the Ninth Circuit for the fifth time in the last year on California's uh, COVID lockdowns, suppressing the right to worship God. Uh, the only reason it's five times, Tony, is they haven't had a sixth case to go to the Supreme Court yet. <laughs> Well, the, the, of course, the, the Ninth Circuit is notorious for being uh, overridden, overturned by the Supreme Court. But I have to say, Senator, even though this is something to celebrate, that uh, once again, California is slapped down, Governor Newsom slapped down, but only by five to four. Yeah, it's very worrisome. You know, if we didn't have Amy Coney Barrett on the court, this almost certainly uh, would have, this restriction on private at-home Bible studies almost certainly would have been upheld. It's disappointing to see Chief Justice John Roberts once again siding with liberals on questions about state power. But I think that's in part because of left-wing attacks on the Supreme Court over the last 10 years. He's allowed himself to be intimidated by those attacks. Um, Joe Biden's order last week to establish this commission on so-called court reform, I think is just another example of those kinds of implied attacks that if you don't start ruling the way we want, maybe we'll expand the courts so we can get our partisan ends pushed through a supposedly neutral court, or maybe we'll add 150 judges to the lower courts. So we don't just have the Ninth Circuit, but every other court of appeals ruling the way we choose. You know, Senator Cotton, that's a really good point, because I think there's a lot of blackmail going on on Capitol Hill. I mean, you've got the Biden administration threatening to pack the courts. You've got uh, Chuck Schumer threatening to eliminate the legislative filibuster if the Republicans don't give them what they want. Yeah, there's like a sort of Damocles uh, that the Democrats are trying to put over the heads of conservatives in Washington and in the, in the House and the Senate on the Supreme Court. But really, ultimately, overall of our voters are the people who send us to Washington or represent their views, their values, their aspirations, and their interests. Um, the Democrats haven't been able to use their read-thin majority yet to do those things, but it is a constant struggle to protect the interests and the rights of all those people we serve in our homes. Uh, you know, back to the court again, I, I just I, 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 I hate to even think what the country would look like if we didn't have the backstop. I never thought I'd be saying this, having the backstop of the courts. But because the Trump administration was so successful in getting constitutionalists on the courts, that that has become a, a backstop to the radical policies being pushed by this administration and their friends like Governor Newsom and others. The courts have certainly improved a lot over the last four years, Tony. Um, you know, if you take the Ninth Circuit, they have been reversed now five straight times, but it used to be in the Ninth Circuit you had no chance of getting a fair shake when they randomly drew three judges to hear cases. 
Uh, today, you've got a pretty decent chance in the Ninth Circuit. Uh, about 40 percent of the judges on the Ninth Circuit are appointed by President Trump or other Republican presidents. Um, and in almost every other circuit, we have a large, sometimes an almost uh, overwhelming majority of conservative constitutional jurists. That doesn't mean that Republicans or conservatives will always win these cases, but it means they won't be destined to failure because the judges are liberal ideologues. But, you know, I, I will say this before we uh, move on to another topic I want to talk about with you. It's not just uh, the right that is concerned about this court packing scheme. There are even some on the left that are concerned about this, even some that are currently sitting on the court. Well, I imagine if you sit on the Supreme Court, uh, you see these things a little bit differently than political partisans. Um, you know, Justice Breyer, just a couple of weeks ago, gave remarks at Harvard where he said that court packing would undermine the, the legitimacy of the court. And as you said, Tony, the Supreme Court is there to protect our rights under the Constitution, to make sure Congress or legislatures or the executives of our uh, governments do not overreach and infringe upon our rights. They're there to uphold the rule of law. And if the Democrats simply pack the courts, it would undermine the legitimacy of the court. It would undermine the rule of law. That's the same thing that Ruth Bader Ginsburg said before she passed away. She said uh, that nine justices was the correct number and that we shouldn't be adding justices just to achieve what some partisans view as the so-called correct rulings. Yeah, I know in this age of instant gratification, we rarely think through decisions that are made. But, you know, just for a moment, if you were to eliminate the legislative filibuster, which would be needed to do this, uh, you then have a, you know, a country that changes drastically with every election. Republicans win. They can go and by a simple majority change everything. They could pack the courts even more. I mean, it is it becomes like our, our, our almost like our fiscal policy, our monetary policy, where we, we have hyperinflation. Nothing means anything anymore. Yeah, Tony, a hallmark of our Constitution is not just popular government, but it is, it is stable government as well. Right. Unlike so many countries in the world today or throughout history, we have institutions like the Senate with its six-year terms um, and equality between the states getting two senators each, the Supreme Court and the lower federal courts with life tenure, um, the presidency with a four-year term, which in uh, 1787 was considered very long. We have those things so we don't have the kind of turbulent, tumultuous, wild swings of government policy from one election to the next. You still see that even in democracies in Europe. That is a great blessing to liberty and the rule of law. The American people always get what they want in the end, but sometimes it may take a couple of elections to demonstrate that. And that is a bulwark for all of our liberties. You know, sometimes people complain about gridlock in Washington. I, I would suggest gridlock, or that the founding fathers would have called gridlock the separation of powers yeah. and checks and balances, and they would have been horrified at the idea that government should be made fast and efficient. Government, right. government should be safe. Yeah, gridlock, not the, uh, not the, uh, the HOV lane, uh, because that will lead to uh, bad results. I, uh, uh, Senator Tom Cotton, I want to switch to, to another topic, something you've spoken out before, the, uh, the, the pl plague-laden uh, Southern Poverty Law Center. Uh, you had looked at that uh, during the Trump administration, uh, some of the stuff that they had been involved in. 
we thought they were gone. In fact, uh, the FBI, the Department of Defense got rid of them, but all of a sudden they've been resurrected uh, in this uh, military stand down, this uh, extremism in the ranks that the military just went through. All of a sudden, SPLC is back as a resource. It's deeply alarming that anyone in the military would use the Southern Poverty Law Center for anything. Um, and I'm going to get to the bottom of it um, that, you know, this organization that uh, many of its own staffers, liberal staffers, have quit over the years because they view it as, you know, using hate for profit, condemning organizations like yours, Tony, as hate groups that resulted in one of your uh, security guards being shot because someone found on their map that uh, the Family Research Council was a so-called hate group or labeling people like Ben Carson or Ian Percy Ali um, as having hate-filled views. Totally insane. And then to be as we learned just a few years ago, it turns out that their founder and their president uh, had engaged in racist and sexist discrimination practice inside their own supposed uh, um, or their organization supposedly dedicated to equality before the law. Um, look, it, it's fine if the military wants to continue its efforts to try to counteract and racism. We had to talk about that when I was in 15 years ago. Use a Southern Poverty Law Center. Senator Tom Cotton, as always, great to have you on. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. All right. Senator Tom Cotton, to find out more, go to the website, TonyPerkins.com. A, uh, a, a true blue member of Congress. When I say true blue, uh, that is a term we use for those that uh, are solid when it comes to the issues of faith, family, and freedom. You can check it out at TonyPerkins.com. All right, coming up next, about 90 leaders and CEOs from America's top corporations gathered on Saturday to strategize about what? How to combat new election integrity laws. What, they want crooked elections? Apparently so. Don't go away. Tyler O'Neill, PJ Media, is here next with the details. Hey, Matt. Hey, Hannah. What's going on? Why so gloomy? Well, I'm a little disappointed. I had a lot planned to do during the stay-at-home time, and I just didn't do it. Oh, yeah? What did you have planned that you didn't get to do? Well, I was actually hoping I would finally be able to get time to do a regular Bible reading routine, and I started a couple of times. I just didn't stick with it. Don't be too down on yourself. Starting a new routine can be hard, but one way to help is to join in with others and to have a good game plan. I think I have a good solution for you. Oh, yeah? Tony Perkins and FRC are doing a two-year study in the Word. They have it all mapped out. When did they start? I I would be so far behind. Oh, that's not a problem. You can literally jump in any time. There's a daily reading just a couple of chapters a day with questions to help you think about what you're reading. Nice. Where can I find this? Go to frc.org slash Bible, and you can get started. Where's that again? frc.org slash Bible. Got it. Checking it out now. In our time, North Korea remains one of the world's most mysterious countries. Unfortunately, what we do know about North Korea indicates the country is also one of the world's worst abusers of human rights, including violations of religious freedom. The North Korean regime has engaged in an intense crackdown on religion for decades. Today, few religious believers remain, and those who do face grave danger. The secretive nature of the regime, nicknamed the Hermit Kingdom, makes it difficult for American leaders to address these human rights issues. 
Yet, even though options are limited, the gravity of the situation calls on Western countries to take every action possible to relieve the suffering of the North Korean people, a people who have no chance of speaking up for themselves. To learn more about this important issue, check out FRC's publication titled North Korea, the World's Foremost Violator of Religious Freedom. To access the information you need to stay informed, including a list of policy proposals, go to frc.org slash North Korea. Masculinity in America has never been under attack the way it is today. We've reached the point where the term itself is considered toxic or offensive to many. The consistent message in our nation is that masculinity by nature is bad and is the root cause of many of the problems plaguing our society. From his experience as a military combat officer and ordained minister of the gospel, Lieutenant General William Boykin has seen and dealt with firsthand the breakdown of leadership in our nation by the lack of godly men living lives of biblical purpose. In his latest book, Man to Man, Rediscovering Masculinity in a Challenging World, he addresses the essential elements of manhood as a provider, an instructor, a defender, a battle buddy, and a chaplain explains how to personally develop these traits and pass them to the next generation. Get your copy today of Man to Man, wherever books are sold. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Welcome. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you're on Gab, it's at Tony underscore Perkins. All right, uh, increasingly business, big business, and we've been talking about this for a long time. You know, I used when I was in office, um, I was consistently a conservative vote and which was really in line with business because business just wanted uh, lower taxes, uh, less reform, I mean, less regulation, and that's fine with me. That's where most conservatives are. So conservatives, by and large, have been those voices that have created an environment that's conducive to business. But then something happened about the last 15 to 20 years. Business has become the mules for the left social policy, and they're getting involved in all kinds of elections. And it's gotten so bad that Republican leaders across the board are speaking out about it because it's way beyond social policy, even to elections. Uh, Last week, uh, the Senate Republican leader, Mitch McConnell, spoke out about business opposing election reforms in Georgia. Here's a part of what he had to say. Uh, Warning, if you will, to corporate America is to stay out of politics. It's not what you're designed for. And don't be intimidated by the left into taking up causes that put you right in the middle of one of America's greatest political debates. Now, he went on to explain further that, look, they have every right to be involved in politics, but he said, you know, at least read the bill first, uh, because like President Biden, who, by the way, is the recipient of four Pinocchios from The Washington Post, uh, was lying about the bill. And so are these CEOs. I think it's intentional. So this weekend, about 90 or so of these woke CEOs gathered for a confab to talk about how they could oppose these election reform measures. Now, remember, states are the ones that have the rights and have the responsibility, rather, to ensure that elections are free and fair. 
and they conduct these elections. And we saw all kinds of problems, irregularities in the November election, and so they're fixing them. We had the governor of Georgia on a couple of times talking about this. Arizona fixing their laws. These woke CEOs doing the business for the left are saying they're organizing to oppose them. Joining me now to talk more about this is Tyler O'Neill, senior editor at PJ Media. Tyler, welcome back to the program. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for having me, Tony. All right. So tell us about this confab that took place. Who was there and what were they talking about? Yeah, so it's it's really terrifying that you had about 90 CEOs and I think it was about 120 of America's top corporate leaders a gathering in person and virtually to strategize new ways to combat election integrity laws. And we don't have a full list of everybody who was there, um, but among those who attended were uh, NFL Atlanta Falcons owner Arthur Blank, uh, James Murdoch, the son of Rupert Murdoch, AMC Theater CEO, uh, law firm chairman, Ariel Investments co-CEO, Walmart CEO Doug McMillan, United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby, American Airlines CEO Doug Parker, uh, Levi Strauss company chairman Chip Berg, and LinkedIn CEO Reed Hoffman, among others. So they were all gathered to talk about how we can make sure that there's no corruption in our elections, right? <laughs> yeah, they were they were gathered to fight in this continuing saga of woke capital attacking election integrity laws that, as you noted, are extremely important and actually extremely popular uh, following the 2020 presidential election. And the claim isn't necessarily that, you know, Donald, you know, I, I supported Trump, uh, but the claim isn't necessarily that there was enough fraud that Trump won. The claim, more importantly, is that the levers were tilted in Joe Biden's favor. Uh, so you had the Center for Tech and Civic Life, uh, which directed cash infusions to blue areas, ramping up turnout that helped Joe Biden clinch the election. And according to a recent poll from the Honest Elections Project, 77 percent of Americans support requiring an ID to vote. And that includes 64 percent of black voters. And most voters, 64 percent, said they want to strengthen voting safeguards to prevent fraud rather than eliminating them to make voting easier. And even majorities of black voters and independent voters uh, said that they want to strengthen election integrity in this way. Yeah, you've got a piece that you put out on this, and, and I encourage people to read it. You can read it at uh, TonyPerkins.com um, on this meeting that took place this past weekend. But, but I, I want to uh, connect some of the dots. These corporate CEOs, you know, people like, and I, not that he was there, but Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook, Put in, you know, 400, I think 450 million dollars. You mentioned uh, what they did in terms of uh, going into these blue precincts with their voter boxes and money that they gave to these elections. And it's interesting. Arizona actually uh, passed reform uh, measures uh, that Governor Ducey signed into law that restricts outside money coming in, like Zuckerberg's, where they actually, statistically, it appears that his involvement could have very well tilted the outcome of that election by targeting these uh, Democratic uh, counties with their efforts. Yeah, it's, it's quite frankly terrifying the influences that 
we're starting to see after this election. You had the Center for Tech and Civic Life. You had uh, all these these local and state Democratic leaders pushing changes that fundamentally altered the way that the election was held in the name of fighting the COVID-19 pandemic. But in reality, these are these are things that boosted Democratic turnout. And then, of course, the thing that I, I still can't get over is how the media and uh, the legacy media and big tech decided to clamp down on the Hunter Biden story and a few other key stories that broke shortly before the election. And all of these things together uh, really, really kind of propped Joe Biden up when he was the less convincing of the candidates, he was the less energetic, he was the kind of, you know, I, I think most Americans would say, you know, having having a candidate that old who spent a lot of time in his basement uh, would be a serious concern. Um, but the way that the levers were pulled, and of course, yeah. Trump was controversial, but I think in a lot of the issues that we care about. All right. So we're going to leave it there for today. Tyler, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Always great to talk with you. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks, Tony. Folks, you got to watch these uh, CEOs of these woke corporations. All right. Coming up next, Robert Adderholt, Alabama congressman, joins us next. The history of religious persecution in China is extensive. And many are not aware of the current oppression of religious groups taking place there. China restricts religious practice and oppresses religious minorities on a sweeping scale. This religious persecution targets those of every faith. Christians, Muslims, Tibetan Buddhists, and Falun Gong practitioners are all victims of the Chinese Communist Party's efforts to suppress any set beliefs that might compete with the party's ideology. This campaign against religion has had and continues to have devastating consequences for those who simply wish to live according to their conscience. Family Research Council's recently updated publication addresses China's consistent abuses of human rights and explains why they cannot be treated like any other country. Learn more about this issue by visiting frc.org slash China. Oh, man. What's wrong? I just missed Washington Watch with Tony Perkins, and our congressman was going to be on the show today. Oh, that's not a big deal. What do you mean? Well, you can always catch the replay of the day's show. How's that? With the Stand Firm app. Yeah? Yep, you can catch that day's program and so much more. You can contact your elected officials on campaigns and policies that are important to you with the Take Action tab. You can listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins live and play previous episodes while conveniently going about your day. You can access the Washington Update, informative blogs, tweets, and critical campaigns on the main feed, so you can stay up to date on local and national news. Wow, I'd definitely use that. How do you find the app? Just visit frc.org slash app and download, or search Stand Firm in the App Store. Okay, that's Stand Firm. Yep, Stand Firm. How do you know all this? Because I'm a SageCon, but that's another story. Huh? This is Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. The website, TonyPerkins.com. During the break, uh, my brain trust uh, informed me that uh, both Target and Starbucks, two veterans of the left, were also at the confab over the weekend. 
Yes, not surprising. All right. Uh, there's a group of lawmakers that are providing Joe Biden something that he said he wanted. Remember, remember in his uh, inaugural address and something he said through the campaign, he said, look, I, I want to unify the country. I want to unite us. Well, they're offering they're offering him a way forward. They're offering him a way forward in protecting the Hyde Amendment, which has been in place for 40, almost 45 years which simply says taxpayers cannot be forced to fund elective abortions. By the way, it's something that nearly 60% of Americans support. Joining me now is one of those members of uh, Congress uh, who signed on to a letter calling upon the chairman of the Committee on Appropriations to protect Hyde language in all the appropriations bills. Uh, We're about to get him on here in just a moment. Uh, Congressman Robert Adderholt of uh, Alabama. Robert, welcome to Washington Watch. Thank you, Tony. It's good to be with you. Well, it's awful generous of you to uh, offer President Biden a path forward to unity. Is he going to take your offer? We'll see. Um, We did, as you say, we sent a letter. Several of my colleagues on the Appropriations Committee sent a letter just uh, about a week or so ago uh, to Nita Lowy, uh, I'm sorry, to uh, DeLauro, we've changed chairmen uh, over the last few months. Uh, Rosa DeLauro uh, is now the chair of a corporation, and we have sent a letter to her and uh, asking her, uh, she is the incoming chairman, of course, uh, of the Appropriations Committee on the House side, and said that uh, this is a longstanding uh, bipartisan issue, the Hyde Amendment. It's something that uh, Democrats, even Biden himself, and we pointed that out in the letter, has been a very supportive of in years past, and uh, this would be one issue that we could all agree on. Now, uh, let me, you know, it, whether you're for abortion or not, of course, you and I, we're very much against abortion, and we're, but we do know that there's people out there that support abortion. This issue is really not about whether you support abortion or not. It's taxpayer dollars going for abortion. So you can still be pro-choice and still support abortion, but yet embrace the Hyde Amendment because it's only saying we're not going to use the taxpayer dollars. So there's people, that's why I guess Biden and a lot of Democrats historically has been very supportive of the Hyde Amendment is to say that this is maybe a way that we can reach out and an olive branch to our pro-life friends, but yet at the same time, we can still be pro, uh, pro-choice. pro uh, So uh, this would be an excellent issue. Yeah, and it, it, the polling consistently shows anywhere from 55 to 60 percent of Americans support the Hyde Amendment. This, even those who, as you mentioned, who might be supportive of abortion, uh, are not in favor of taxpayers being forced to do that. That's the key. That's the key. And uh, of course, the Democrats uh, have slowly been creeping up, trying to take this away. And saying and not supporting it. And unfortunately, we're seeing this as as the Democrats go further and further to the left. Uh, you know, I came into Congress uh, about 25 years ago and uh, you still had a quite a few Democrats that would embrace a lot of these issues like the Hyde Amendment. It was really not even an issue when I first came to Congress. I mean, no one was seriously taking it serious of anyone to get rid of the Hyde, Hyde Amendment. And unfortunately, now that seems to be something we're fighting for. And, you know, I'm just hoping that we'll keep it and we hope that we can keep it over on the Senate side, if, if not on the on the House side. You know, what amazes me, uh, Congressman Adderholt, is that 
those that support the Hyde Amendment are being called racist, uh, that this is a racist policy, when in fact when you look at the roughly 2.5 million lives that have been saved as a result of Hyde, I'd venture to say disproportionately those are minority lives that have been saved. No question. Yeah, no, there's, uh, I, I don't know what the stats are, but I would say you're exactly right on that. And I mean, I, how you could get a, a make this a racist issue I, is beyond me. I mean, it's one of those things where I, I think back, if you say something long enough and loud enough that people will start actually believing it. And that's the only thing that I can think of how you can make this a racist issue is just talking about it so long and saying it is to make people believe that it is. Well, in this day and age, everything is racist that you disagree with. Uh, final question for you as we wrap this up. This threat is real of eliminating all protections against taxpayers being forced into partnership with the abortion industry. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been one of those things that's been on the books for 45 years. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Biden is, seems to be, again, he's already on record supporting the Hyde Amendment. And now he's going, you know, back back on his word. And I think this is something that if he wants to reach, have, reach out to the conservatives in just a small way, this is a way to do it. Very quickly, uh, Robert, how can our listeners help? Well, I would call your member of Congress, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, and you say, well, my, my congressman is going to be supportive. He's Republican. You know, just get him on record or him or her on record to making sure that they're going to stand strong. Because one thing I have noticed with a lot of my colleagues, they'll, they'll be supportive of the issue, but they won't go up to bat for it. Right. And that's one thing we've got to do is we've got to go to bat for this issue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Congressman Robert Adderholt, as always, great to talk with you. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Tony, always good to be on your show. All right. Folks, weigh in. Take his advice. Contact your member of Congress and encourage them to defend the Hyde Amendment, the protection that keeps you from being forced to fund abortion. All right, when we come back, the House Minority Whip Steve Scalise took a group to the border, the southern border, to see the crisis firsthand. We'll talk about it next here on Washington Watch. Don't go away. Get a trusted perspective on the news of the day every day. Listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins to get honest and in-depth commentary on what's going on in our nation's capital and around the world. Join Family Research Council President Tony Perkins live every weekday on over 800 radio stations across the country. Or listen to the show when it works for you by visiting TonyPerkins.com. On the show, you'll hear from guests like Ben Carson, Senator Josh Hawley, Representative Vicki Hartzler, Molly Hemingway, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Dana Lash, Sissy Graham Lynch, Pastor John MacArthur, Eric Metaxas, Albert Moeller, and more. Tony is joined by leading political figures, pastors, and policy and culture experts who will inspire you to be engaged and informed on the important issues facing America. For a Christian perspective on the news of the day, tune in to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins at TonyPerkins.com. Ever since the Supreme Court handed down its infamous Roe v. Wade decision in 1973 that legalized abortion nationwide, a national debate has raged over whether the government should fund abortion. In 1976, Congress banned taxpayer funding of abortion and Medicaid by passing the Hyde Amendment. Several states have followed suit, passing their own restrictions on abortion funding. However, 
because government funding is a complex system of joint federal and state programs, completely banning taxpayer funding for abortions and abortion businesses like Planned Parenthood is challenging. There is still much work to be done to free the American taxpayer from funding the horrific practice of abortion. Family Research Council's new publication clearly explains the Hyde Amendment and why we need to keep it in order to save taxpayers from being forced to fund abortion. Access this important information by visiting frc.org slash Hyde. What's on your daily or weekly reading list? Are you looking for honest and informative commentary from fellow believers on the current issues facing our culture? Family Research Council has just the thing. Check out FRC's blog at frcblog.com. The content on our blog is written by our policy experts as well as outside contributors. On our blog, you can read about a wide variety of topics, including religious liberty, life, marriage, family, sexuality, public policy, and the culture. Read up on some of our latest titles like Four Disturbing Trends in Religious Freedom Worldwide, Legitimizing Looting Jeopardizes Liberty for All, The Media Still Doesn't Get It, Conservatives Tend to Vote Conservatives, and more. At Family Research Council, our mission is to advance faith, family, and freedom in the culture by helping you live out your faith and to stand for truth. Our blog is here to help you do that. Stay informed and get the resources you need at frcblog.com. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. So good to have you with us on this Monday afternoon. And again, we want to welcome his channel that's joining us and our growing family of Washington Watch listeners and viewers now. To find out more about how you can uh, get one of the stations, if you're listening via another means, go to TonyPerkins.com. Also, you can download the Stand Firm app. Stand Firm. Go to the App Store, get the Stand Firm app, and each day you can be notified when Washington Watch is coming onto the air. All right, as the crisis continues to escalate at the southern border, more and more pressure is being applied to the Biden administration to take action. As I mentioned before, I was there just a little over a year ago, and it was like a ghost town. Well, not anymore. Looks like Grand Central Station. Um, and we're, we're seeing uh, a, a number of reports over the last week suggest some movement within the administration, including the possibility of a return to construction of the southern border wall, at least to fill in gaps that undocumented aliens took advantage of when construction was halted. Well, uh, we're going to be joined in just a moment uh, with uh, by House Republican Whip Steve Scalise, who led a congressional delegation to the border Last week, he held a press conference after his delegation's border tour on Friday and made very clear that it was President Biden's reversal of Trump-era policies that led to this surge of migrants at the border. Now, Steve also noted the hypocrisy that we've been seeing from the supposed champions of science. You know, you may recall how President Biden had criticized governors who relaxed masking mandates in their states and said their thinking was Neanderthal. Uh huh. Well, it seems he's fine with sticking more than 4,000 4, migrants into a facility designed for 25, for 250 with no mask. Here's what uh, Congressman Steve Scalise had to say about this at his press conference on Friday. When you talk about what's happening in that Donna t- detention facility, for example, 
You've got right now in most states, you can't have more than 250 people in a facility. Restaurants are being told they can't have more than 25% capacity, and yet you've got the Donna Detention Facility right down the street that has a capacity of 250 people that has over 4,000 in that facility today in the middle of a global pandemic. Where's President Biden's concern about the science that he used to talk about when he was a candidate that now he has abandoned? He is letting, they said about 10% of the people in that facility right now have COVID-19. And they're not six feet apart. They're not three feet apart. When we saw these, these cells that they're holding these kids in, designed for 33 people and there's over 400 in them, they're inches apart, many without masks, transmitting COVID. They're super spreader events. And you don't see any concern by President Biden for that. These are the things that we're going to continue to expose and let people all across the country know what's going on. You see so many members of Congress from all around the nation. Uh, we're going to continue to spread this message, and it can all be stopped today. But the ultimate goal would be to get President Biden to address this problem and fix it. He can do it. He created this problem with a stroke of a pen. He can fix this problem with a stroke of a pen. You know, what is so, so alarming about this, is, and again, this is a clear contrast between administrations. The Trump administration had the resistance of Congress because the Democrats held the House um, for a good portion of his time. He was unable to get anything through, so he had to act unilaterally, and he, he did it with the tools that he had available. But part of it was requiring people who came to this country to stay on the other side of the border and be processed in a very reasonable manner. They stayed over there until their number came up, and then they had a hearing, and then it was adjudicated. And again, as I was down there with that process in place a little over a year ago, the, the border was like a ghost town. Now, I mean, there's a run on the border. It's all because of the policies that the Biden administration has pursued. You know, and, and, and think about this. Right. They're saying that they want to be compassionate and kind. Is it really compassionate and kind to put 4,000 people into a facility designed to hold 250? How compassionate is that? I, 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 don't, I don't understand the compassion of the liberal mind. Actually, the rule of law is compassionate. Because when you have a rule of law and you have rules and everybody knows what those rules are and they abide by those rules, guess what? Everybody's kept safe. The border was safe. We were actually had border patrol agents who were cracking down on those bringing drugs across, those who were trafficking, trying to traffic human beings, because they had the ability to do that. They don't have the ability to do that now. I've talked to many members that have been down on the border in the last few months who say the border patrol agents are spending all of their time essentially babysitting these unaccompanied minors and processing everyone else. And so there's very little border security going on. I mean, it is, it's just wide open. Making this a very dangerous situation. Now, not, not, we can go further. We can talk about the fact that if you're an American citizen, an American citizen, and let's say you're in, I don't know, you can go to Guatemala. Go to Honduras, uh, or you can go to Europe. You pick it. Before you can come into the country, you have to have a coronavirus test. 
within three days of coming into the country. You have to prove that you've taken a test and you don't have the virus. But if you're a migrant, an illegal alien coming into this country, ah, the door is wide open. Uh, and, and then there's the reports of parents that are walking up at night just dropping their kids off over the border because we, we have to, that we're, we're taking them and processing them and sending them all over the country. This is a disaster. It is a, not only a security issue, it is a humanitarian crisis. And uh, as uh, Congressman Scalise said, uh, in his press conference, and he's tied up another call. We may be getting him shortly here, but this is um, this is something the Biden administration is trying to keep from the American people. They're not letting the media into uh, these venues to see the overcrowded nature of what's happening. Remember, we had some senators that went down a couple of weeks ago and took some pictures, and they tried to get the pictures from the senators because they don't want the American people to know what's happening. Because, again, it is a clear, clear contrast between administrations. Just one area, one area of contrast, but a significant one that many Americans are concerned about, especially those that are living in border states. This is, watch this. Watch this issue very, very carefully uh, because um, this uh, this could easily mushroom uh, as we see people coming across the border that are um, from other countries other than Central and South America who are coming to this country for, well, let's just say not good purposes. Uh, th- th- this is uh, this is dangerous. All right. Uh, I think uh, Congressman Scalise, he, he may be joining us. I'm not sure, but we're going to keep, keep talking here. Um, he's going to be joining us in just a moment, I'm told. I, I want to go back um, while we're waiting for him to come and join us to talk about what happened at the border last week. I want to go back to this issue of the election reform. This is an extremely important issue because uh, people really don't want you to know. The media does not want you to know what is happening on this front. There's about, um, see, I think it's about 45 states, if I'm not mistaken. Let me get my notes here. Uh, There's at least 55 bills that are moving through legislatures in 24 states. Now, these are actively moving through. There are uh, about, in total, 361 bills that have been introduced. But, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean things are moving if you introduce a bill. Uh, There have been 361 bills introduced in 47 states. But there are 55 bills that are moving through in at least half the states in the country. These are moving through. They've gone through one chamber or another or been signed into law. This is good news. Now, the media doesn't want you to know this uh, because, number one, it takes away the, quote-unquote, demand for H.R. 1, which is the left's takeover of our election system. It's a federal takeover. It's a federal coup of elections. And that is, um, they, they need that narrative. They need to say, well, we've got to fix this so we can have democracy and we can protect people's rights. Look, the irregularities that took place in the November election are being corrected by these states, by Georgia, which the woke corporate CEOs are all upset about. 
the left is all upset about. Arizona, uh, Governor Ducey there pushing back on threats to take the, uh, the NFL, the Super Bowl, out of his uh, state. So uh, these things need to continue. You need to stay in tune with what's happening at, uh, in your state in terms of election reform. Voter ID is a big one. Uh, making sure that, uh, you know, if you are voting, it's you. It is actually you, voter ID. And then taking away this um, financial uh, opportunity that outside parties have to influence elections. All right. We, we do have uh, Congressman Scalise uh, by phone. He joins us now. Uh, Congressman Steve Scalise, welcome to the program. Hey, Tony, great to be with you. How are you? I'm doing quite well. I, I said I have a played a clip of your uh, press conference. Nice glasses you were wearing there. Um, I, I, I want to. We talked a little bit about the overcrowdedness at the border. What were your other observations? Well, the observations were that first of all, our border patrol agents are overwhelmed, and they didn't sign up to be babysitters. They signed up to stop drug dealers and bad people from coming into our country, and they're right now being diverted away from doing that, and they don't want to. They said over 40% of our Border Patrol agents today are over at these detention facilities changing diapers and taking care of these unaccompanied young kids that are coming across our border in droves. And the drug dealers know this. The drug dealers, by the way, the cartels are the ones that are running our border right now. Uh, They're making millions of dollars a day off of this trade, this human trafficking. There's a lot of of assault and rapes that are going on along with the trade coming across uh, through many countries into the United States. And it was all because President Biden uh, did a few things by executive order that sent the message across the world that America's borders open. And it's not just these uh, countries in South and Central America. When we went to the Donna detention facility, I think you saw some of this in the press conference we held, there are over 50 countries represented at that facility, meaning not just people from Mexico or Guatemala. You've got people coming in from Middle Eastern countries, Eastern European countries. They've already uh, detained six people that were on the terrorist watch list, and that's just what they've told us about. We've asked to give a breakdown of how many people really have been captured, and they won't tell us anymore. It's, it's literally being washed under the rug, and uh, that should be alarming to every American. And not only to, to mention the fact that when you see these kids, they're just being – it's it's inhumane conditions, Tony. This isn't America. They're, these these cells that they're holding these kids in, most of them like eight, ten years old, are designed for thirty three people, and there's over four hundred in each of them. Uh, kids just in many were crying, didn't want to be there, uh, and you know a lot of them have COVID, which means they're all going to get COVID because uh, they're, they're literally on top of each other, no six feet social distancing. In many cases, not even six inches apart, and. Uh, Joe Biden is the one who created this. I mean, they're telling you, you know, depending on which state you're in, you can't even go to your restaurant or maybe at 25 percent capacity. They're at more than a thousand percent capacity at that Donna detention facility. And uh, it's a national disgrace what they're doing. Biden could fix it today. He created it. And we've called on him and Kamala Harris to go down themselves and see what they've done with, with their destructive policies. You know, uh, you, you mentioned what uh, the, the disparity and the what's happening at the state level. I mean, for instance, you, you fly on a plane, you're forced to wear a mask, are now under the Biden administration. It's a criminal offense, but yet uh, you're packing all of these uh, these unaccompanied minors and others in these facilities. 
I, I want to go back to something you just said there a minute ago. I want to make, make sure I heard you correctly and that people don't miss this. You can't, as a member of Congress, as the minority whip of the United States Congress, you can't get information about what's happening at the border? No, and, and we're talking about not just numbers of how many people are coming across illegally. We're talking about how many people on the terrorist watch list have been apprehended so far since President Biden took the oath of office. We've seen media reports that there are six people right now that they've captured that were on the terrorist watch list. We only found that out through media reports. Uh, then when the Biden administration was pressed on it, they tried to act like it was all classified and wouldn't even confirm the six. They didn't deny it, by the way. Uh, so it's alarming that this is going on. I will tell you numbers that I heard from the Border Patrol agents when I was asking some of these questions the other day in, in McAllen, Texas. I said, how many criminals have you captured? And they said about a thousand criminals who were held in federal prison in the United States of America, served their time. And when they were finished, they were here illegally. They, they committed federal crimes. When they were finished, they were sent back to their country. Over a thousand of them have come wow. back. By the way, over a hundred of those are people who had uh, pedophilia crimes, those type of sex crimes. Uh, over a hundred of them that did time in America for those kind of heinous crimes were deported and have come back because they know our borders open just in the last few weeks. Those wow. are just the ones we've caught, Tony. Uh, and wow. so, you know, the, you wonder why Kamala Harris won't even come down when President Biden put her in charge of it. Uh, I, I think it's it's a disgrace that uh, that she's in charge of this as the vice president of the United States and won't even come and see it for herself. Maybe she thinks if, if she doesn't acknowledge it, it will go away. But it's Well, it's, it's not going worse. away. That's for sure. And it's not going uh, away. I wish but, it was. We've got to leave it there. Congressman Steve Scalise, thanks so much for joining us today. As always, great to talk with you. And I'll folks, with you, Tony. Thanks. folks, thank you for joining us as well. Until next time, I encourage you with the words of the Apostle Paul, when you've prayed, prepared, and taken your stand, just keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 